Welcome everyone to the 2000, well to that, now it's 2021, uh, we're giving, we're, we're having the 2020 Na Awards. That Who's going to win the ASSE today? We have a correspondent down on my, my left corner screen. He's checking out the other <laughs> Zoom meetings and uh, people tuning in. Uh, what are you seeing down there, Stephen DeBose? Uh, well, Derek, it seems like the crowd is very excited and ramped up. Uh, not a lot of people here, you know, just like the uh, introduction to the President Trump uh, presidency. But uh, we do have a lot of people tuning in live. The folks that are here are excited. They are waving banners and flags. They are uh, all proud to wear the ASCII logo on their shirts. The flags have the ASCII logo all over them. It, it looks very exciting out here. The, the energy is palpable. It seems people have been waiting quite a long time for this. They they want to know who the lifetime achievement is going to. They have guesses. They have uh, they have hopes and dreams. And uh, let's see if they get dashed out there today, sir. Fantastic. All right. So we don't have a lot of time today, and. Uh... Uh, people are running out of uh, uh, data. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we're gonna get, we're gonna get right along to the. We have a a special award. We're just giving away one today, and that's the lifetime achievement assy. First time we've ever had one, and uh, might be the last time <laughs> because uh, we've had a uh, I don't know how many awards shows now, and uh, he seems to get the golden prize every single time. So uh, without further ado, we're just gonna go ahead and give it out. Let me open my envelope. Oh, wow, what a surprise. None other than Donald J. Trump. Congratulations on being a You just won the assy Cause you're a piece of shit All right, fucking Oh, I mean Oh, what happened? What happened? Well, it looks like the crowd is simultaneously Uh Happy that he won the award and also angry <laughs> that he was very uh, astute of you, Stephen DeBose. Yeah. Trump, the fake Mussolini, orange piece of shit. Um, obviously, <laughs> on the podcast, we're, we're not fans. <laughs> You've been listening this whole time. Um we just wanted to close the chapter on this guy, man. Just <laughs> we haven't podcasted in a while and we haven't got to talk about a lot of this bullshit since the election. Um, well, for one, my laptop went down, so that's a big reason why. Um, but we also <laughs> uh, just to kind of cover the election itself. Um, I We were going to host another uh, podcast like live for the election night uh we did it four years ago and it was miserable <laughs> i mean like i haven't even gone back and listened to it but i remember just kind of like the excitement turning into 
what the entire fuck. And uh, now, yeah. <laughs> so this time, back hosted one. And uh, I kind of jumped on there. And I was kind of feeling like Biden may win Florida. And I didn't think he would win Texas, but I thought he would, you know, it would come, come kind of close. And I thought it would be over that night. Like, that was my prediction. It'd be over that night. And then just kind of like as the numbers were coming in, I was like, Ugh. it's kind of it started to feel familiar again. And then uh, but I don't know, they've been covering it. So like all the networks were saying, well, there's a reason why he's been using the narrative of um, of of counting the uh, mail in votes as fraud and early voting. And you know what I mean? Like he was trying to uh, sort of seize a doubt like so early. Because that was what was going to happen, especially in some of these states where they literally count the day of and then they don't even open uh, a mail in vote until afterwards. So like the experts were saying, well, the the, uh, the votes are going to come in like after midnight or after a certain time. And it's going to look like, whoa, what the hell? Like all these votes came out of nowhere kind of thing. So it 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 fit their narrative and it made them feel like oh, what the hell's going on? Like something nefarious, right? So so not on Tuesday, but not till Saturday, they actually got to uh, call it for Biden. And uh, what a feeling. <laughs> I mean, like uh, that day, I remember it was like in the afternoon. I was, And we'd all kind of known for a few days that it was kind of heading that way. Uh, and you know what? This is fucking way late but uh, i haven't even introduced everyone if you're not used to <laughs> the crew here we got uh darren griffin say what's up yo yo <laughs> steven debose is here what's up and uh ty hooper he's not normally on not the pack not the podcast but uh we we wanted him to chime in here so say what's up ty hey thanks for having me and uh we might also get one or two people jumping in too, just because it's uh, open season to, you know, say our goodbyes to the orange menace. Have a uh, for the douche. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I I'm still like trying. We've it's like we've gone through a whole all kinds of emotions just since the election. Like they went, we went from like ecstatic to relieved to what the fuck he's, is he ever going to go away? I mean, at that period was like the longest time I could even think of. And uh, I don't know. What were some of you guys feeling like? Well, I feel like it was that ass end of a bad relationship, you know, like there you it's go. really, everything is just apparent. Most things are on the table. You're yeah. aware of what's wrong and you feel terrible every damn mm. day and it doesn't let up. And that last couple of days is always the absolute worst because you know, it's going to end. You both know it's going to end, but there's that, there's that feeling that kind of like is there, you know, that you, that permeated just sort of like downness. You just can't kick. And that's what the end of the election was for me, even though I was very assured in my logic that Biden would win. Mm -hmm. I was terrified on the inside based on that feeling. It just sort of like to right. it. say whatever it wants. Yeah. Uh, there, go ahead, Stephen. 
No, I'm just saying it's true. I felt the exact same way. You're you're assured in your logic that Biden would win, but you're terrified because logic doesn't work when it comes to Trump. Like no. or his followers, right? Or just these days in general. Logic <laughs> has no place in current American society because logic is logic requires like a certain level of critical thinking and agreement upon where the truth starts. And that just was thrown out the window. Like even before Trump, when the, the, before Trump was elected, when the birtherism started, like logic just slowly started getting chipped away at. So I was like, Ty, I mean, I was fucking, I was above all, I was thrilled that we're finally at this point where we could fucking have the election and be done with it and know whether or not we should just live in terror another four years, or if we could actually breathe a sigh of relief. But I was still very much worried that despite all the logic, despite all the reports, despite all the numbers and everything else, just like they did before, uh, that said that he probably wouldn't win. I was terrified that logic had no place and, and the illogical, crazy, fucking alternate reality that we already slipped in was just going to get dug deeper <laughs> and we were going to be even further into the fucking rabbit hole of Wonderland, you know? <laughs> Oh <laughs> like seriously yeah i mean what about I you mean, darren how you been dealing with it i mean i think it's it's a lot of those same feelings and you know although it's um you know a little strange you know there was that worry and that angst but there was also a numbness to it as well just kind of like right you know it's 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 kind of hard to to steal feel all of the, you know, the anger and the angst and the weirdness and the illogical behavior, the irrational actions, the irrational thoughts, um, you know, after a certain time, after, you know, a little over four years, it was just, you know, some of it didn't break through. Some of it was impactful and, and, and then other bits and pieces, pieces of it didn't really draw a reaction because it was just, it was just so much. It was, because it was the same illogical behavior. It was the same irrational thinking. It was the same craziness. It was the same, how can he break the law so many times? How can yeah. he steal an election? He probably can steal an election. So it's kind of like these same feelings that we had been having for all this time. Right. So again, that worry was there, but there was also a part of me that was like, I can't continue to harp on this every single day, every single moment. Of course, during that week from you know, Tuesday to Sunday, uh, those feelings were a little bit more, a little bit more intact. They weren't as, you know, on opposite, opposite ends of the scale. Um, because I, I think at a certain point in time, especially by like Thursday, Friday, we knew that we were going to know at some point that weekend that, that Biden had won and it was official. Um, so then it started to, 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 you know, kind of feel like a little bit of relief. Like you can finally breathe that sigh of relief. And then of course this week, um, when Biden officially took office, it was like the final like <sighs> exhale. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just really weird. Even just seeing the images of Biden behind the desk and everything, I'm just kind of like, you know, like when someone new steps in. Even though we've seen a lot of Biden over the past however many years, right? But it's kind of like, wow, this this is really happening. He's, he's I see the seal in front of him, you know. Like he's signing papers and he's not showing them off to the screen, but um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, I guess for me personally, 
I've like I've kind of always been someone who kind of keeps up with politics, whatever. It's just kind of like, um, I don't know. It's no, it's not smart. <laughs> like, like I, there's a lot of people who are able to kind of like, uh, I don't know, just uh, zone it out. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel like I have to stay engaged. And I have to know. Maybe it's just like there's a certain level of panic that I live with <laughs> that I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's been a long run for me personally. And so I, after all, and like, it was like a fire hose of just like one thing after another, after another, after another, you, you know, your phone, you know, you check it and it's every day he does something. And then he actually, he would counteract something terrible. He did with something else. Terrible. Like to kind of get you to talk, you know, to make you switch from this to that and then you know if you're watching like cnn you know like all they do is breaking news this breaking news that like oh i'm talking about like yeah. there's one terrible thing and as soon as you kind of start to think and unpack that there's another thing the terrible thing that takes your attention away from the previous terrible thing so you never actually get to settle on just how menacing some of these things were because right. there was a domino effect one after the other yeah yeah so uh and a lot of it was intentional right he's constantly redirection mm -hmm. and yeah. that's been a problem from since the the nomination period when he was going up against cruz and rubio and and everybody else in the republican party like he's oh yeah redirection like well just to go back because we have a whole list of things <laughs> to cover the very first thing he did when he came down the escalator was go after Mexicans. Like that was the very first thing he did. Like if he had a shopping list, <laughs> that was like the first thing on the list is uh, calling Mexicans rapists and, you know, murderers. And some I assume are good people. Some I assume are good people and build a wall, build a wall, build a wall. And that was like, that's what got him so damn popular like early and and then people people wanted to see the shit show i mean everyone did they're kind of like even if you were like a democrat you're like wow what it the hell what the hell is happening to the republican party you know what i mean like they're letting this clown like they're legitimizing him and then like it just started gaining steam and shit before you know it he was because Jeb Bush was going to be the guy like yeah. it was he was well on his way like he was destined for it. I mean, he's your typical uh, GOP candidate, uh, of course, uh, you know, the namesake, <laughs> you know, but uh, that's the way it was going. And then, you know, Trump just called him fucking Sleepy Jeb or fucking whatever. <laughs> he comes up with nicknames for people. Uh and he just powered his way through and his popularity hate is what popular it was what made him popular you know what i mean i mean he would just spew vitriol and hate and then it just kind of his his popularity would grow and grow and so i think coming off of eight years of obama a black man it was just like the counteract was trump and it was serious. Like 
we all kind of had this feeling like, yeah, of course there's racists everywhere. And of course there's, you know, but this, like, I guess we weren't ready for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause even like, I don't know, Hillary wasn't my favorite candidate, but she was like light years, you know, more capable uh, of doing the job. You know what I mean? And America was like, no, well, at least a good portion of it. Well, I, th I think, you know, there's a, a line, a fine line between like, were we ready for Trump? You know, of course not. Of course we didn't want to see and hear and deal with everything he did and see, you know, kids in cages and all these yeah. different horrible things that happened over the course of the past four years. But I, I just want to be clear that it wasn't surprising. It wasn't surprising to black people that, right. that he was a bigot, that his staff would be uh, full of awful people and that they would do awful things and that they would get away with it. That's not some radical concept. That is America. That's, you know, when has that ever not been America? I mean, there have been, yeah. so you talked about Obama, there have been periods where some of that stuff was, I guess, dormant in a lot right. of ways. But that doesn't mean it didn't exist. That doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Right. Yeah. I, I just think the Obama years made us feel like, because he was pretty popular as a president. And it kind of made us, it made some people feel like, uh, I don't know, I guess lulled to sleep thinking, oh, well, race isn't necessarily like we're kind of over that hump. You know, that's what some people felt like. And then it was just like, no, <laughs> like not at all. Yeah. Well, a win can do that for you. You know, yeah. the election of Barack Obama to the presidency was a win, a social win. And while some people would imagine that it might have covered up racism in this country, uh, I don't know. You could, as a black man, for me, it really didn't. Uh, the birther stuff was front and center. He would wear a suit. Fox News' coverage of him was unveiledly racist all the time. You know, mm -hmm. when you make contact with that stuff, you, you know that feeling. You know that sting when you see it, you know? And you know when somebody's giving you that polite sort of racism. It's just ambient in our culture. Uh, Stair-step it from freaking slavery to reconstruction to Jim Crow to look at the 90s. This is the Tea Party. This is the Tea Party realized in Trumpism. Now it's just in our face. And we watched. And a lot of us, you know, watched. A lot of us did something. You, you could see the you know, bastions of justice like Stacey Abrams and such, you know, they they started to make change. But for the most part, we did watch it. It is like Stephen said, it's 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 mesmerizing misdirection, but it's always been there. You know, stair step it all the way up till now. You'll you'll find it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so just uh, just going over some of this crap. So he gets elected and then just. I don't know. I think he was surprised. I mean, he th there was uh, some videos of him at the inauguration and he just had this bewildered look like what the fuck is happening, you know? And uh, I guess he kind of lied his way there. Like just the lies were, they were useful. They were successful. And so the lies just kept coming. And I remember the very first uh, press conference they had with Sean Spicer, 
it was like a, a couple of days later and he comes out talking about how big the crowd was. And I'm just like, so they're, this is what they're going to do. Like they're literally just going to say, no, you're not seeing what you're seeing. You're not believing uh, there. So it's like, yeah. And so that it ushered in an era of just uh, fake news. Right. Like, so everything they don't like, they just call fake news. And yeah, the term came about because of Russian disinformation. That's where the term fake news came from. And they just said, no, nah, fake news is just news we don't like. <laughs> so uh, so that's like what we what we heard over the past four years. And everything is a hoax. Everything is fake news and. You know, it's just kind of uh, how it all started and going from, I don't know, just like, again, when he got elected, just before that, there was the Access Hollywood tape. And some of us, especially if you listen, if you keep up with politics, you're just like, um, this is the end. (laughs) I mean, when shit like that comes out, you're like, it's over this is fucking awful, you know, but, uh, it's, that's, no. kind of, that's the thing. Like everything just, he laid waste to so much. Just think about Spicer. Like that feels like ages ago. Like yeah. he just eradicated so many of those people, his people, like he just yeah. wiped them out. And now they're just, I, I mean, you know, as we know now, like he pardoned some of those people, um, who, who, uh, you know, um, I guess I'm putting this correctly, who committed crimes on his behalf. So, you know, I guess he kind of felt like he had to. That's like maybe the one decent thing he did was like, hey, man, do this for me. And they did it. And he, you know, threw him under the bus. But now he's kind of like, all right, man, I'll take care of you. But dude, he's kind of the the caveat in that case of like, you can be all these terrible things and it's okay. Like before him, that wasn't really a thing. Like you couldn't just be like accused of raping multiple women. And it's just like, <laughs> you have to keep your job. Like, yeah. no, he just, no. man, again, Steven you can't even have bad credit and have a good job these days. <laughs> <laughs> and God knows so that, Trump's got bad credit. And this kind of goes back to what Steven said, which is kind of like an interesting, like an interesting term of like, maybe that's just, kind of one of those words that helps define his entire being not just his presidency but misdirection yeah 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 and entitlement man because like this ushered in like a whole new era of entitlement so people who voted for him like they feel like validated right so everyone who was supporters like not only did they get the guy they wanted they they feel like they can just kind of, whatever take the hood off which every, a lot of people did, right? Like, like the Ku Klux Klan wore those outfits because they wanted to remain anonymous. You know what I mean? They, which means they had a level of shame, right? I mean, if you break it down, that's what it has to be. I mean, these people, why else? It's yeah. polite racism. Yeah, they, did, like- they didn't want people in the community to know who they were. I mean, and that that's a level of shame, right? And nowadays it's there's not even that. You, you feel like you want to say something there. 
I, I think there's a difference between wanting to keep what you have right and, sh- and shame sure it's sure sure, not sure. A large difference but like yeah i want to keep my my home my job my whatever yeah uh, so so yeah maybe there's a little bit of shame in that but you know i guess to your point he just kind of emboldened that behavior well right so you're afraid of consequences if nothing else right uh, and now, and that's what I'm saying, where the entitlement comes in, because now they're like, oh, we're valid. Like, and not only that, they don't re- they don't look at the big picture and they don't realize that only so many people vote. And in that election itself, he lost a popular vote. And the entire four years, he was an unpopular president. He was like, as far as polling goes, there's never been a more unpopular president. Now, and that's that's what's fucked up with politics right now is the fact that they can you know, they can remain in power and be such a small minority, you know? I mean, it's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of people, but it's still a minority. Well, I mean, when you were just talking about shame, I think it's more so a, a, a contradiction is what the real problem was or what the, I I would say the two sides of the world that existed up until now, um, it was against the law to kill a person, a man. <laughs> and it it said it on the books and you could bring issue with the law against these people. And that's what all the masking was for. I mean, not that it had any resolution at all when right. you approach the law in that way, but that was the contradiction. You know, mm-hmm. we were seen as men, black men, black women were people now. This was post that reconstruction era and it was against the law to do what they were doing yeah but that's what's going on now with donald trump you know just like he said he it's against the law the things that he did he broke the law but yeah but if that's the contradiction you know some people can break the law others can't right right and that's that's the entitlement i'm talking about is like you can literally just break laws and just you know act like you're not seeing what you're seeing and, and you're, that boldness is just, it gives you, it gives you the leeway to do what you want. And uh, I don't know, man, I'm just going to kind of go over some of these things just because I wrote them down. Of course we had the whole Russia thing. Uh, so Russia was obviously helping him out and rooting for him because he's able to cause the, you know, division. That's what he is. He's the, the he's he's the most divisive president we've ever had, and that's good for our enemies, right? So, uh, so they were willing to help any way they can. The the epic grifting just from because that's his nature. That's who Trump is. If anyone pays attention, he's he's just a grifter, and his his whole family is, and they. Um, they just they suck the blood out of everything and move on. And, you know, and their business is now at this point is kind of unto itself. Like, so they literally just sell the licensing from their name and that's that's their business. So everything that they even try to uh, if they're trying to build or invest, it comes from debt like they don't have real money. And it's it's kind of insane because you see all these Trump buildings, you think, oh, well, that's a building he built and he's leasing out. No, (laughs) it's literally just licensing. Uh, 
And because the times he has tried to build things, they've failed miserably, even a casino. So, yeah. And they, they, so they did this to America. I mean, like now they have, you know, every time they would like try and set something up, he would try and get them to stay at a Trump hotel or try and have, you know, normal, uh, like G20 summits and just whatever. He's like, oh, come on down to the Trump Hotel or Mar-a-Lago or just wherever. And it's like, wow. And little stupid things. Like I remember one of the first weeks he was out there, he was talking about, he wouldn't divest, right? He he basically signed it off to his his kids or whatever. Kushner, yeah. Right, which they don't do anything anyway. (laughs) They just kind of, they're just there leeching. Well, they would still meet with them. Yeah. They'd still meet with them to go over work but it would be to go over the business right interests, even though that's a conflict of interest with the office of the presidency they still need to go over it right they would just say and he was handing over power it was like when putin stepped down from being president and uh who was the uh the guy that replaced him he was still putin was still his basically his advisor who was still just shadow running it right right oh yeah i remember that yeah and because you can't have conflicts of interest when you're the president I mean, you're you're putting your country in jeopardy, you know, like, and debt, like you can't have debt, like you can't even you can't work for any company and have like terrible debt. I mean, any any serious company, uh, but if you're the president, you're putting everyone at jeopardy because your interests. I mean, uh, like what's his name? Carter had to sell his peanut farm famously yeah because look at time <laughs> yeah did you know that <laughs> the peanut farm yeah he had a peanut farm and he had to, he had to let it go um, washington carver <laughs> and then we go on from there and then so from russia they actually they had to look into it because there was so much evidence and hillary warned everyone literally everything she said came true yeah, but, but they were too busy being worried about Hillary's emails, right? Oh, yeah. Emails, which didn't have any solid evidence on anything other than her being her emails being held on a home server instead of her work server at the office. Right. right. And, so, and so Comey <laughs> like decided that, OK, uh, we're going to announce that we found another laptop with more Hillary emails. We're going to announce that, what what was it, two weeks before the election or like a week before the election? Yeah. And that was like, a lot of people think that was just enough to make people be like, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Her emails, man. What she, what she got in them emails, man. You know, and it's, <laughs> um, yeah. it's just amazing. But anyways, so Comey stays on. He's, he's applauded by Trump for that, for that alone, right? Because if you're Trump, if you could do good, if you can do something good for him, he's all about it. But if you're not like lockstep with him, he's done with you. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter how low you've been yeah. your whole life. There's one little thing you're done. So Comey actually gets fired because he he uh, is looking into the Russia matters and he just gets fired. He just fires him. And like so and this was early, man, like this should have been like the first thing It's like. You can't do that. Like, I mean, talk about conflict of interest, you know, like, oh, yeah. And I don't know. I guess this is why we need to look into the powers of the president. And like, he can't just like 
I mean, I guess technically there's no rules that he can't do that. You know what I mean? So he just does it. And yeah. uh, well, the problem is he crossed. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, this is kind of one of those interesting things where, you know, he, he was lawfully able to do that, but then there's also a, such a thing as abuse of power. So if there's abuse of power, it, it, it's kind of like this weird dynamic where, well, why is it an abuse of power if he can do it? Shouldn't he right. just not be able to do it? Well, the problem is, yeah, abuse of power, it has... But that's the thing is who's who's the judge of that? It's, it's right. Congress. So if Congress decides they're okay with it, then they're okay with it. So it's some goofy ass shit, man. <laughs> I mean, well, the law goes actually for uh, the executive that everybody that is appointed by the president serves at the pleasure of the president of the United States. Right. So when you have somebody like a like you just said, the uh, in somebody in the Department of Justice appointed by the executive, he can fire those people at any time. It's just a political tool as well as a executive tool that makes it easy to get rid of people that have screwed up or done a bad job or like somehow uh, gotten themselves involved in a crime and the president needs to distance himself. And the way Trump used it, though, was the same rule that makes sense that could be used for utility in our government. He just flipped it on his ear and yep. I could just fire anybody I want to and no one can say anything about it. And he was right. Yeah. And, well, the thing is, because what Ty said is correct. The the thing is, the executive power office has a lot of power. But the thing is, historically, the executive office, because the person at the seat of the president understands the weight of having Political. having separate legislative branches, having the, the, the executive, legislative, and the judicial, everyone that has held that office before has traditionally, because they know how important it is, separated themselves from the judicial branch because they know there's a conflict of interest there when you step in and try to try to lead the judicial branch from the executive branch. You can't, as a matter of honor and a matter of respect for the office, you don't cross over those because you let the judicial be judicial. You let the the congressional be congressional and you let the executive be executive. And the three are supposed to work together hand in hand as our founding fathers envisioned so that we could maintain a fair and open and honest government for the people. The problem is Trump has no care about being fair, open and honest for the people. It's only for himself, right? So when you have somebody that comes in under basically a political philosophy that boils down to the emperor has no clothes, right? You yeah. can't tell him, sh he can tell you whatever the fuck he wants. You can't tell him shit about the truth because he's the emperor and he's got no clothes, but he says he's wearing the finest fucking clothes in the land, right? So he's going to do what Look he it. wants to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to maintain Look at my his shoes. authority, yeah, and his shiny, his shiny fake but shiny outlook to the people, even if that means stepping over the bounds of traditional presidency, uh, uh, just rule of thumb, because he wants that judicial branch to serve him. And that's the first sign of like an autocracy. It's the first yeah. sign of somebody that is clearly uh, ignoring the, the, the bounds of law so that they can so that they can basically push themselves to be an authoritarian leader like that's. 
There, well, there, there are people in the government and, and uh, I was just listening to this like history, history and law professor. And they were talking about how they study authoritarian governments. And this is exactly how every one of them starts. They come in, they said Putin was able to break down the branch of democracy, uh, the traditions of democracy in Russia in like four years. And that America is typically stronger, is in all, for all intents and purposes, stronger. But Trump was doing everything that Putin had done and everything that Hussein had done, everything that all these authoritarian, basically, dictators do to try to pull back, to try to, to, to pull out faith in your government, and then to try to just erode it towards whatever they want it to be. He did the exact same thing, like step, lock, step over and over, step into judicial, get uh, get the, the head of the FBI director out of there because you don't like that he's investigating you, get somebody else in that you do like, get uh, the former attorney general out of there, get somebody else in there that's gonna vote for you, like William Barr. Just everybody that's supposed to be there to keep those balances of power in check, get all of them out of there and get Pete Loyalists in. We'll, we'll pardon them all later, as long as you're loyal to me. That's exactly what the fucking emperor would do. Yeah, man. No guardrails at all. He just, yes. and there were just no consequences to go over the guardrails. He he hit a kid, knocked him in the ditch and said, no one's going to stop me on the road of democracy and justice. Great. I'm going to keep driving as fast yeah. as I want to. Yeah. As well as I feel like those countries you mentioned, uh, Stephen, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that was, that was awesome. Everything you said, man. Absolutely. Uh, that. Like, there's just no black people in those countries, man, because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never let it go of that freedom, man. Because, I mean, if anything, that's why you vote. You actually get that black vote. Yes. It's like a real saving grace in democracy. Yes. And we see it happen time and time again for a reason. Those minority, like, electorates, that constituency, I don't know if it really exists in those countries. Putin had, I mean, if had, like, maybe 100,000 black people, things would have gone the other you can see it. I wrote down and underlined democracy because that's supposed to be the check for all of this shit. Right. I mean, the Congress, they have to get elected. Uh, so they're they're the they're supposed to be more powerful because they can override the president on a lot of things. But so Trump's Trump. Yeah, technically can do whatever. Right. But um, they didn't envision this. Because he he's a wannabe dictator, like so, democracy held up, but barely, man. <laughs> I right. mean, like like we we fucking came close because the way that our democracy democracy is set up, we're not everyone votes, not everyone who's eligible votes, and so we kind of have a watered down democracy. Like we're if if. So everything Stacey Abrams did strengthened democracy. And that's why, you know, we got the results we got. But we need way more Stacey Abrams <laughs> to keep this shit yeah, going. Yeah. I mean, that's she's I mean, j that's just one state. But that's a state that fucking matters now. Uh, yeah, by far. Right. I mean, so. Every, so every that's that's supposed to be the check is you know when these elections come up people use their their voice and that's why there's consequences right and so when when a president gets in and and this is something i said when it happened because i was so disappointed in us when trump won i'm like look if you lose your health care if you if you get xyz everything trump wants he's probably gonna get and 
if people suffer, then they they have to look at democracy and and say, why didn't I vote? Why you know why why wasn't I using my voice? Like I don't you, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but the people that vote they don't stop that don't vote. They don't see it that way. They think they don't have a voice to begin with, That's and they think that the whole, that the system's already rigged against them. And in, in a lot of ways, it is. But they think that their vote isn't going to count at all or matter. So, right. if the whole system eroded, they would think that it was already on its way doing that anyway. You know, like it's just gonna. That's why I didn't vote in the first place because it was already sacked against us, and my vote wouldn't have changed anything. And and these people have been working on this forever because it's the it's the fucking uh, uh, shadow government or the right. uh, what do they call it the um, the are, uh, are the all sides do it people like yeah 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 <laughs> they, Joe they Rogan's would, they wouldn't see that it was their fault in the first place because they would think that oh this shit's already they're not they're not for us anyway it's already. Right. Gonna, Besides fuckers, you know. Well, that's that's the cynicism that keeps everyone from voting. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly what they want you to do, too. Right, right. Actually, so, so you disenfranchise your fucking self. And then so at the end of the day, you know, like you're really these days, you're only you're actually voting just for democracy. Like at this point, like, yeah, yeah your, your issues, everyone has issues they care about. But screw all that. You're actually voting to, to keep your your right to vote <laughs> like that's like that's what it's come down to these days it's it's um it's you know it's obviously civics but it's it's maintenance at the same time absolutely yeah and and okay <laughs> so that's that's a lot of the uh nooks and crannies about just government and democracy but back to trump's bullshit um uh, people I mean, I don't even remember half of this stuff. I mean, I do, but like, God, it's just so much. I mean, for one, the way he treated the media. I mean, that's he has all these signs of of a dictator. Like he, yeah. you know, like like he he literally to a T everything. Because even Obama didn't like the media because his his coverage wasn't super great. Not only that, he wasn't really great at getting his positive messages out. He wasn't super great at that, and so like he had to combat a lot of the media and he he wasn't pleased but of, he you would never hear from him calling them the enemy of the people no <laughs> you know what i'm saying like and that, you that if you want a dictatorship that's the first thing you do is call the media the enemy of the people yeah you erode faith in the media which is specifically again by our founding fathers written in the constitution for the ability to keep the state in check the ability right. to keep in check but if you erode faith in the media then the people have nobody else to listen to for their quote facts except the government. Right. 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 Uh, he essentially created the whole fake news movement. That was just yeah. kind of all him, the times, the post. Yeah. Fake news. Whatever else, everything was a lie. Everything was dishonest and everything was just categorically against him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so because it was in opposition to him, it was wrong and it was just fake and there was no validity to any of it. And of course, the only things that he did champion, were, you know, were the outlets where, where he, you know, um, had kind of a shoe in uh, the Fox mm -hmm. News, of course, of course, you know. It was, yeah. yeah. And even Fox at first didn't, Rupert Murdoch didn't want Trump in there, but Ailes did. So they they went 
and focused more on once it looked like Trump was going to win, they decided to put all their money in his eggs and kind of push the Trump narrative versus the world narrative to a an alarming yeah. success. I mean, people that don't follow news but do watch Fox think that everything that Trump says is true, and it's because Fox has helped them. Fox has basically become an, an arm of the of the government, right? Of the government media underneath of the Trump administration. And then when you ban other, when you ban people from the White House press corp, like you ban every news organization is supposed to have access. But when you ban people that are asking you tough questions from attending press conferences, that's just another way to eliminate like the free press, right? Mm-hmm. It's just fucking amazing. Like, yeah. Just watch all of it get torn down. I mean, our our media. I mean, let's be honest. They're they're, they're pretty culpable with, you know, giving Trump the oxygen he got. Oh, I far. mean, because you know they 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 loved covering him because it's it's just shocking, right? And so breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, shocking, shock. This is shocking. I and completely one hundred percent disagree. I okay. do not think that the Times or the Post or, you know, the Atlantic loves covering Trump. They know what we'll read and what newspapers will buy and what we'll mm-hmm. click on because of everything that's happened before, like the Kardashians, like OJ and all yeah. these people. We weren't yeah. going out and buying papers and supporting print or, you know, watching uh, the news as much as we were um, leading up to the election. And after he won four years ago, that was because of us. That's not because great, credible reporters want to write about Trump being an idiot, being salacious and potentially raping women and breaking laws. They <laughs> I mean, they were just trying to stay alive. Now, I'm not saying that that was right, but I'm saying that that action was dictated by us well it's interesting because i was literally just listening to this conversation on uh on npr earlier today and they were discussing uh you know the rise of the 24-hour news cycle Mm -hmm. and how uh when it comes to a fire you're supposed to you 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 either feed it oxygen or you suffocate it you smother it right Mm -hmm. and they were they were admitting culpability because Due to the 25 news cycle, which started before Trump, but it just got really, really big around the time of Trump. It's that they were admitting their culpability because so much media focused on Trump when he came to power that they just kept feeding it and feeding it because they knew that that's what people wanted to see. You know, whether or not they agreed with what he was saying, that, that they kept feeding it because that's what I mean, you can break it down saying that's what drew clicks, but primarily because that's where so much news was coming from, as opposed to ignoring because it became so impossible to just ignore some of the shit he would do. Right. Like assassinating the uh, uh, Iranian uh, defense minister or whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the Soliman guy. How do these stories get just swept away? Like, it's just amazing. So much because it's one after another. But they're saying that what happened was instead of reporters finding stories that that relied on research and that they would like, or instead of being in a newsroom, instead of the editor assigning reporters uh, articles and, and stories to go cover, reporters started, editors started assigning reporters to just follow Trump's tweets and base a story off of those. 
right? Yeah. It became a backwards thing and right. started that just snowballed and snowballed because he's fucking tweeting 24 seven. And other than tweets, the first person to get something straight from the, the horse's mouth was going to be Fox. So they were trying to beat Fox to it by going to the tweet and then right. doing instead of having the editor say, okay, go, go follow up on this thing that's going on at the border. Go follow up on what's going on with Syria, you know? Right. I'm with you. Like there is a definite like problem. And this is something that Trump really brought about in the modern era. It was already there, but he really just sort of like put a spit shine on it is the overcapitalization of media. You know, it's so dangerous because media has a, a civic function for us as a people, as a democracy. But then at the same time too, just what we do as a country, what we do is capitalize things and making money off of it becomes that primary goal. And then we're in trouble. I really believe that. I, I believe uh, Donald Trump, his media push and the election and throughout his term was one of the smartest things he actually accomplished. Um, a little story, there's this a holdings group called Sinclair Broadcasting Group. This company brought up all of these local TV stations. So during that 2016 election, all of these local TV stations were owned by one right-wing company, the Sinclair Broadcasting Group, mm -hmm, regardless mm -hmm. if you want to say if they're right or left, but their message was right-wing. Mm -hmm. And so you would see these reporters in all of these different regions in the United States saying the same thing. The same yeah. verbiage would come out of their mouths. It's because of what's well, a script. You know, it's literally yeah. like a script. Capitalization of media, man. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's kind of how you chip away at, especially hearts and minds. You know what I mean? And yeah, and uh, brilliant. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, but it's pretty awful. <laughs> but and and he just kind of kept. I mean, that the people who 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 wake up in the morning and turn on that radio and want to hear all day whatever from conservative media uh, and that's another thing it's just facts became biased like it, it's just it's just true like yeah. if if you are if you don't like facts you can still find information you know it's not it's information but it's not facts and it, and that's then that's what I'm saying is because nowadays, especially Fox News used to be famous for as even during the Bush era, they would just say some people say blank 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 blank, and then it just kind of triggers you, right? And and they just can get away with that and call it news or whatever. But um, I don't know, just his policies alone, like he came out with the Muslim ban early, like uh, they literally just had to overturn that day one uh <laughs> and then he decided he wanted to ban uh transgenders in the military uh, i don't know and then i'm telling you like it, the first year alone felt like a century you know and then every year that kind of kept coming i mean just within the first year i think that was the uh uh charlottesville right and uh yeah Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Be, yeah, because I remember thinking, oh, shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like seeing those guys with the torches and all that shit, it's like, wow, this is about to get real. And then like for it to be what it was like, I was like, how 
how do we reverse from this? Because these guys are entitled and engaged. Like, like they believe in what they're doing and they feel validated by Trump, right? And then, he, of course, he came out and said, there's fine people on both sides. <laughs> that was a quote after the guy drove a car through the protest and killed somebody. Yeah, killed somebody. Yeah. 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 And so he was a fine person and the person he hit was a fine person, apparently. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And it just kind of kept coming, man. Like, so there's this. And again, I don't even remember what it was going on that week that he he called all these other countries shithole countries <laughs> because I remember that being like a cover up for something else that was going on that week. And so that came out there. And I remember I, I took a picture of my TV because it said it on the Chiron. Like it said, uh, the president calls these, you know, he <laughs> calls these places shithole countries. And I was like, this is just not normal, man. I mean, like, not only is it not normal, it's it's something that we have to like remember because I just had a daughter, and it's at some point I'm gonna tell her what she grew up through. <laughs> I'm just like, you you grew up in a crazy ass year, man, <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna sit her down, and she's gonna be you know having her juice. I'm gonna have a scotch, and she's gonna she's gonna be like, wow. Anyways. Well, I, I think before we before we move on, the important thing about that is the very simple fact that you do tell her those things. Yeah. Because what we've come away from over the past four years is more information than we've ever had access to before. And a large percentage of it is correct and a very large percentage of it percentage of it is incorrect. Yeah. So if you know, Sky fifteen years from now goes back into the droves of the internet and is researching something that Trump did in 2018, she'll find on credible sites, good sites, bad sites, whatever, she'll find a million different answers to one question. Right, right. It won't know what's the truth. Well, okay. I'm glad you brought up the truth because again, that was under attack fucking from day one. And just something stupid as him tweeting the word Kofifi, Kofefe or whatever. Like, and this is, I want, I want to harp on this because again, this is very, it sounds stupid, but it's important. He is not willing to let you even think he had a mistype. (laughs) I mean, obviously he's got terrible grammar and he obviously always misspells and, but something like that, he wouldn't even back down from. Kofefe. And yeah. and, And that just became a thing. And not only that, he also him and his sharpie, man, his motherfucking sharpie. That when that hurricane came through, and he said, <laughs> and he told like he told everyone it was gonna go through Alabama and everything, and they were like, no, it's not gonna, we're not, we're not saying that. And uh, they gave him an actual map, right, with the area for everyone to take shelter or evacuate or whatever. And what does he do? He shows it. <laughs> he shows the map. And he fucking uses a Sharpie and extends it all the way to Alabama just to make himself right. Not enough I mean, map. Yeah. And and people, I mean, to me, that was like the moment where it's like, okay, he's feeding you bullshit. He expects you 
to believe it. And at this point, he may believe it because he's that deluded. And so it just says a lot about his presidency <laughs> and, you know, and truth again, like we, we can't even fucking like truth. You can't Sharpie truth like that, <laughs> you know? And so, but he did, he did. And just getting back into it, man, the fucking, this thing, I, I think they just came out with a documentary about it. And when it was happening, I'm like, this wouldn't happen on Homeland. Like, it, like the writers of Homeland couldn't even think of some of this shit. And uh, the Jamal Khashoggi thing, no. where he got murdered by the, I don't know, apparently the Saudi prince had him murdered. And uh, again, just kind of, uh, no, we have footage of him going in there. And, uh, and it took them like a week to admit he was even dead. And then, like, once they were like, well, he's dead. So we can't. He's like, well, it was an accident. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then Trump gave them all the cover in the world. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, how is this possible? And so when all, these, when all these hurdles would come up, it would be the end of any presidency. We're like, no, we're, we're steaming ahead. We just keep steaming ahead. And um, I don't know. All this shit obviously came to a head, which we'll cover in a minute. But um, just between that, his the the way he would incite people like Kim Jong Un, and you know, like remember that? <laughs> I feel like you have to go like way back, but it's like, yeah, he would just kind of like he would try to out Kim Jong Un him. <laughs> He, he was like, oh, you crazy motherfucker. I'm a crazy motherfucker. Let's go. You know? <laughs> you got a big rocket. I got a bigger rocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing, man. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm exhausting myself reading all these because <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't just be. Well, it's all it. true. That's that's the that's the crazy thing. That's the exasperating thing. It's all freaking true. Yeah. You know, you're not making anything up. Well, and then the times he would have to have to be empathetic right which is the number one job of being a president like that's literally you're supposed to come out and you're supposed to put people at ease when something terrible happens a tragedy that's that's the number one job like you're basically a headpiece all this other stuff is like kind of i don't know it's your job yeah uh but that's the number one the most important job is is the people who look up to you and and at, at a time where they need you, you know, you're supposed to do the right thing. Uh, and what do we get? We get him throwing paper towels at Puerto Ricans. You know what I mean? And saying, I've done more for you than any other president. Yeah. And insulting, <laughs> like, every everyone who would come out and say, oh, we need help. And he would just fucking insult them. Low-level mayor, you know, like, what a lightweight, you know, all this shit. And they don't appreciate my bounty. <laughs> yeah. Like, he went to the dollar store and got a bunch of paper towels and fucking threw them at them. There you go. Soak it up, people. Sop that shit up. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> uh, Man, so I obviously I wrote a lot of this shit down, but um, 
and just going from the Stormy Daniels thing, <laughs> like there's just so many little things where you're just kind of like, how does like the Stormy Daniels thing alone would have ended any presidency? The fucking Jamal Khashoggi thing would have ended a presidency. Like all his ta- the fact that he wouldn't give away his tax returns. Uh, that alone is a sign. That's yeah that before the election. Yeah, and separating children at the border. I mean, that to me, obviously, you know, that's awful. And some of the stories we've heard from that have only been worse, you know, that it's worse than you even can imagine. And he just, he just did that shit because his supporters love that shit, you know? And, uh, it's just on and on and on like like uh man <laughs> i'm I'm just I'm, I'm i'm losing my words but i'm also purging this motherfucker at the same time uh so just getting through this getting through this uh so obviously and he was impeached <laughs> for the uh ukraine scandal where he literally just wanted dirt on biden so he said, if you don't give me dirt on Biden, I'm going to cut your funding, you know. And yeah, he got impeached he for that. Ukraine was trying to fend off an invasion from Russia and shit. Yeah. His, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we'll help you if you do this. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? So all these things. And again, at the whole time, Trump is, he has the lowest approval rating of any president throughout his whole term. So all this is happening while he's extremely unpopular. Yeah, I mean, he's got popularity in high places and fucking the way this country's skewed, it matters, right? But everything would tell you up to this point, he should lose this election, right? That's what logic should tell you. And so when, once we get, once it all comes to a head, his supporters are like, no, we... <laughs> And even especially, of course, Trump is the first one saying, I won in a landslide. I just have to come up with, <laughs> with uh, I don't know, a little bit of evidence. And he doesn't come up with anything. And, and, and even like, you know, you get to go through the process where you're like, okay, um, you have issues with accounting or whatever. We'll, we'll recount them. Okay, well, we'll recount them again. Okay, well, we'll recount them again. Nothing. Like nothing changes and he just goes forward with the lie. He hires people to go around the, and fucking promote his lie. He has Congress and senators and he has everyone on his side with this. And then it all comes to a fucking head just a couple of weeks ago where uh, he, he incited his fucking sheep and fucking radical fanatic followers, right? <laughs> I'm just trying to find the right words. I mean, because these, uh, I, I don't know, you can call them a basket of deplorables if you want. Uh, <laughs> and they literally stormed the Capitol and thought they were overturning an election. And like while it was happening, you're kind of like, eh, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too surprised this is happening. I'm just, you know, you're just not. We we all kind of thought about it for the longest time, and it's like he is not going out like in any kind of humble fashion or anything, right? So it comes to that, and we had. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get to talk to you guys too, too much. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Like it was, it was definitely crazy while it was happening. And, uh, Karan had, he had his doubts that it was like, even like organic, like it, like, or just kind of happenstantial. Uh, and then like, I don't know, I, I want, I want evidence before I start thinking like that, but no, it turns out. Yeah. Not only, were uh capital police kind of helping out basically and just letting them do whatever uh there is people in congress who were showing people around beforehand and kind of giving them tours and just kind of saying okay well this is where you want to go and so we're going to find out just how uh how involved some people were with yeah, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't even like successful. So I'm just kind of like, what? What are? What was the end goal? Because it didn't happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I. I honestly, for the life of me, don't know what the goal could have been. Yeah. I mean, it was. If it was coverage, then okay. Yeah, you got that. You got. Tons the, of that. the only thing I could think of is, is they were literally, if they would have murdered. No, it was insurrection. Some of them. Yeah. Flat out, they had one guy that that was telling them st- that was trying to stop them from breaking the windows. He was like, yeah. "You guys, we can't break the windows. This is our house. This is the people's house. Don't be disrespectful like that." But then the reporter next to him asked, "Like, you're not breaking the windows. What's your goal?" He said, "We're we're trying to. We're going to bring them out and draw and quarter them. We're going to hang them out four by four on the gallows. Like, we're going to hang the fucking senators." So there, some of them, their goal was to legit hang who they saw as quote, traitors, treasonous traitors to the country because for crimes against the the country. So, I mean, some of them wanted to just protest. Uh, some of them, I'm sure, were fine people, but most of them <laughs> were murderers and thieves and crazies. Yeah. And that's what they wanted to fucking do was murder and thief. Yeah. And be- Definitely a lot of dumb people. Like, just a lot, a lot of dumb people. And deluded people, like just very, very deluded. They want to get that white rage out. That's what they want to do. They want to yeah. get white rage out. They've been yeah. bubbling, bubbling. And even though they had control of the fucking Senate and the executive legislature of the executive branch, like they still felt like they were victims and they wanted to get get all of it out. Right. And there's they're uh just being sycophants, right? Because like Pence was like the number one guy to ride or die for Trump. I mean, whatever, whatever Trump did, Pence rolled out there and he was like, Oh no, he didn't mean that. Oh, he just did. Like he always, he was always there for him. Right. And then the one time like Trump asked him to do something he couldn't do was basically, you know, like obviously when you, when they were certifying the election, he's supposed to just read the results, right? He's supposed to just read it out loud and every vice president's done it. And there's not even like, he doesn't even have like the authority to do anything else. Like he's, he's literally, he's the president of the Senate 
And so the Senate's job was just to kind of read the results and certify it. And I don't know. I guess he thought there was going to be like, like Pence was literally going to say, now wait a damn minute, you know, and get like his Clint Eastwood on or some shit. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, what was the end game? And then I don't know how much trouble should Trump really be in? I mean, like, we're, are we ever going to in the hit? I don't know. Never in history have we tried to overturn the, our democracy. And it happened. I mean, like, like this is this is a once in the country's history event. As, you know, as asinine as that day was it is very much still one of the wildest days in modern American history. Yeah. And of course, you know, we're all very much Americans ourselves. So we were working that day. We were just, yeah. you know, head down, kind of watching it on our phones. Yeah. Still, like, you know, doing what we have to do to, you know, get a check. Um, so while this coup was happening, you know, all this, this literal madness we were just kind of, you know, working through heads down, kind of checking the news. But I, I, I mean, to Stephen's point, I do think they had obvious, very evil and cruel intentions. I, what I don't think is that anyone there actually thought that they would hang somebody, or, or, or you know, yeah. I don't think that I don't think anyone thought that had they actually had the chance to take it that far, that they would. Well, I, I think there's people that would have. Yeah, but, I don't know either. I would, but, but I don't think really did. I yeah. think not all of them. I think most of them didn't. But yeah. there are a there's a very uh a very strong, adamant group of militiamen mm-hmm. that practice in the fucking woods every month that think that one day there's gonna be an in, a resurrect like a, a, a an insurrection that they're going to lead and they're going to fucking be the ones to take back this country from all the fucking snowflake liberals and give, give it the intention of its founding fathers, even though they're ironically enough going directly against that intention. And some of those fools had zip ties. I mean, they had fucking bulletproof vests on. They had fucking military fucking garb. Let's not forget, like they pulled that police officer outside of the fucking house and beat him down. That fool was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Like, and he said in an interview when he was being beat, one person kept yelling that they should shoot him in the head and other people were saying, no, we shouldn't. But there were some fuckers there that were ready for blood. Yeah. Like these are the people, same people that have been ready for race wars and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of these folks, not all of them, some of these folks were itching to fucking take lives because they've been running around the force cosplaying with their guns and shit for like years. That's what it is. Heroes. <laughs> dressing up like heroes thinking that they're going to go out and use these toys they have to actually pull heroic acts. But, but you know, that shit didn't happen. Motherfuckers watch too many movies, man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That dog whistle that called all of those people out of the forest. There's just, there's so many interesting things about that because at that point, and I I agree with uh, you earlier, Derek, I, I think Trump believes everything all of that he's got to be the cult leader you've you've got to drink the kool-aid and you know his belly is full of it he believes all of that stuff about himself about how the world should work about his privilege all of it and so at that point all he needs to do is just be the best salesman he can be that he can be and surprise that's what he is. is you know he he absolutely is 
that if that's the only thing he needed, I've got it, baby, let's do it. You know? And I feel like a real interesting sort of argument I've heard recently is all of that, you know, to sort of like conflux a lot of things that we've already said, media and then money and all these other interesting sort of like things that brought these people out of the forest, you know, like would they have stayed there if Trump hadn't have called the dog whistle, you know, they were just sort of like ravenous. Are they at fault for being just brainwashed with just consistent media, consistent, just, you know, just being prodded to believe something. And then all of a sudden, how could this have ended? No other way. Surprise. They all believed it and they all came to represent it. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, man. Obviously, we're all ready to move on. And a lot of us have already. Like, it's kind of amazing the world we live in right now. Obviously, with a pandemic, with, you know, us sliding into another recession uh, because of the pandemic and how badly mishandled all that shit's been. But, um, like, this is not news that, like, like this is going to be in history books. You know, it was going to be the time that uh, that Americans tried to, I don't know, take over the government and install a new one because <laughs> that's that was their goal. I mean, um, and better believe if you and especially if you do it with violence, you're not expected to give, ever give it up. You know what I mean? That just, um, that just kind of makes me wonder when we were in school in in high school and college and you know in history courses and different things like that yeah were all these things that went on you know hundreds of years ago were all the people that were involved this fucking stupid yeah i mean even the civil war man like again this is like amazing how dead serious or like people who were in charge and leading these things like were they really as dumb as trump like he is a literal idiot. Yeah. And I will give him credit that he's a master, he's a master at speaking to other stupid people. Yes. Manipulator. Yeah. 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 That exception, well, he knows how to rally very limited, dense minds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a skill. But I, it's like when we are, you know, 30 years older and we see these things and our kids are showing us their history homework and there's a like, wow, these people really led a coup and they stormed the Capitol and they did all these things. They're not going to see that the way we remember. We're going to be like, oh yeah, these were like some idiots mm-hmm. deep out of Mississippi and, you know, yeah. missing teeth and products yeah. of incest. <laughs> we're going to be like, these people were just maniacs. Like they weren't, you know, <laughs> yeah. they weren't prepared or intelligent or even, you know, thoughtful in their mania. But they got in there, and that, and so that's the trippy part. Anywhere they were let inside, <laughs> right? But that's what I'm saying. They whatever, however you want to look at it, they got in there, and maybe they didn't know what to do while they were in there. But like, if they wanted to successfully, you know, have, you know, violence and murder people, they could have done it. Like it, it could have happened, and and we don't know quite how close. They- that was they as far as their privilege would let them go. And yeah. when it was up to their wits and their intelligence and their planning, that's yeah. when they failed. Yeah. Yeah. I would dare it on this. I don't think any of this gets canonized. 
for any sort of like, you know, elevated reason. I think, you know, when Sky one day looks back at this and she reads about it, it's going to be the weekend of Bernie's of American history, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's their version of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to seem ridiculous. Party, yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of people want to compare it to like the Nazi party when they took over and it was quite different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. okay. So let's, let's kind of bring this, this thinking full circle, mm-hmm. right? So maybe the coup will seem like a weekend at Bernie's, but the people <laughs> who lost lives, who were arrested, who were separated from their kids, who were deported, all that stuff is real. Yeah. So some of the execution of like these things at the Capitol may have fallen short and they seem silly and they seem futile, but uh, you know, thinking about Charlottesville and all these other things that have taken place. Oh, all of the, you know, black men and women who've lost their lives without justice. Yeah. Uh, their families or to their children or, you know, people who were killed at protests, like all that stuff is real. Yeah. And just all to divide people. Cause obviously, I don't know. There's just this, obviously there's people who need to be broken out of the spell and I mean, it, it, it just won't happen for a lot of people, but we're moving forward. <laughs> this country is obviously some of our, um, some of our expectations as far as like, like they're, they're not us. Those insurrectionists, all those Trump supporters, they don't represent the country as a whole. They represent an ugly part of our country and something that, you know, needs to be dealt with in some way or another, but, but they're not as a whole, we're not that. And I think that's why Biden got more votes than any president in history. And we have a lot of reason to think that things are kind of in our favor. So and it's, it's weird to say that and to actually believe it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know. I think that's the case. I, I think that uh, the next four years, well, let's, let's face it, the next two years, <laughs> because in two years they're going to be running again. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to be back in campaign mode, which is bullshit. I think, you know, the presidential campaigns should be six months <laughs> and that's it. Like they should just, it should just be quick, get it over with. It shouldn't be, Oh well, this candidate is in the you know, is the is the front runner, you know, two years out, <laughs> and then uh, the next week here comes another front runner, and here comes another front runner, and then like all these damn, just the whole process is fucked, man. It's pretty bad. Uh, I wish it wasn't like that, but um, I don't know. I think we've talked because we've talked about it a lot, and I think Biden is the right guy for right now. Um, yeah, it, it's just kind of necessary. He's, he's like, he's like a spoonful of medicine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we may not, and I may not be our choice, but sometimes you got to take that tussin, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we move on, I just want to give an actual salute and a final goodbye to the orange menace. So. Well, 
Thanks. Uh, Thanks again. We'll get back to it. Uh, uh, in a in a normal era, where we don't have to talk about this type of shit anymore. Uh, any closing thoughts, guys? Because this is it. We ain't talking about this motherfucker again. Man, I'm just I'm thankful that you know the country is in a in a in a place of of healing. We actually have a functioning government again. Um, because. <laughs> With serious people chaos we we were at a place where we didn't have a functioning government for for a, a, a moment in time um but yeah i i think we're you know we we know now and we all recognize that you know our history and our progress isn't linear we can take two or three steps forward then take four or five steps back so it's very important to do the best we can when uh, we're in an advantageous position like we are now so yeah, it's exciting. It is actually exciting. I can say that without pause. Good stuff. No, nah, man, you nailed it because it's just uh, we were rudderless, man. We were literally just kind of drifting along. And then the circumstances couldn't be worse. I mean, we're, we're over here. I mean, we're on a Zoom call because we can't be in person. And, you know, we we had the worst person to even be at the helm, <laughs> you know, like yeah. someone who only cares about himself. And poli- yeah. yeah, and the politics are only skewed towards making him look good. And this isn't politics. <laughs> I mean, I mean, none of this shit is politics. This is just real life, man. And who would have thought, because we, you know, we hear about shit, flus and diseases all the time, but this shit is, is taken out we're already in the 400 above 400,000. Uh, some people think we'll make it to six, you know, at some point. And I don't know, man, like, uh, I, I think, uh, I posted something. I don't know, because there's, there's a huge part of me that wants to showboat that wants to put in people's faces that wants to, talk shit i love talking shit um and just make his supporters feel like garbage but i don't know that i i what i posted that one day is it's just it's it's really how i feel is you can't let cynicism take over because we all have it you know and we and we all have reason to have it but like uh it just kind of stops you in your tracks and you can't like you, you said it perfectly, Darren. Like we can't move forward if if we, you know, are stuck on anything really. But uh, I don't know. I I'm excited too. I th- I think this country can learn from this, and you know, hopefully. But uh, 
when it comes to the Republican Party, man, I'm rooting for them. I'm I'm hoping that they can get their act together and find people who really care about this country and not themselves, you know. Um that's another discussion. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I'm fucking ready to move on. Yeah, man. Uh, everything that you both said is just, you know, the, the the poetry we need to be thinking about all the time when we think about the things that happen to us during this time. And I know we could even joke about what people in the future will think, but I think right now what really matters is what we think and what we decide to do with what happened here and how we decide to move forward together you know, united. And not everybody will be holding hands as we sort of like move forward. And that's okay. That's always right. been our country. But definitely, I feel like if we're all moving in the same direction, I, that's the win we need. That's the, you know, that Obama victory that we all need in this country right now, just to sort mm-hmm. of move forward together. Don't have to like the motherfucker to your left or your right, but walk, you know, together. Also, I'm a big, big fan of starting an NBA league in Russia because just some black people in Russia, man, turn that shit around real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Some brothers out there hooping, man. Just just hooping, man, with like good personalities and, you know, fucking baller, millionaire shit, you know, likable black people, man, put them in Russia. Shit will crumble six months. I love it. Man, Ty's, Ty's been sitting on that idea for a minute. Um, Was no, that's good stuff, man. I think we're just gonna kind of <laughs> wrap it up, you and you know, obviously, 2020 was a bitch. Um, I think we we're, we're we're not gonna even dwell on that. We're gonna kind of just keep moving. Uh, it, it it does no. <laughs> that's just it. We should all just keep moving and. Just, you know, in hindsight, give it a few nods. No, no, no. You know, just, just a proper amount of nods, you know. Yeah, you know, just to get, just to, you know, it needs a proper amount of nah, you know, at least to acknowledge it. But um, that's going to do it for us. And uh, we'll be back with more content. And uh, man, finally get to just kind of, I don't know. I, I still haven't dealt with this, <laughs> with the feeling, man. But I'm, I'm learning too. And I, I'm learning how to feel positive again. And that's breathe, what I'm going to Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're going to go out on that.